GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I'm LPJ and I am joined by someone who I would suspect has a black belt in a fictional gun martial arts. Hovercraft Joe. Uh, you are 100% wrong about that. Uh, but. Listen, it's fictional. You could have owned, you could have just said, yeah, yeah, I'm totally a, a, a 10th degree black belt in gun kata. Well, that's true too, but uh, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, we are here, just just you and I, just a LPJ Hovercraft Joe GM. Uh <laughs> We're here to talk about equilibrium, right? We're kind of getting back into one of our. This is when you, when you first were talking about doing some like overlooked and underrated movies. You sent yeah. me a couple lists, and this movie was on all the lists. Um, and I happened to see it was on HBO Max, so I mentioned doing it. What's particularly funny about this episode <laughs> is that this movie, before I knew anything about it, uh, frequent guest of the podcast, the Tush, like he was always talking about this movie, like how it was good, how I need to see it. Like I remember having a conversation with him about this movie, probably like circa 2002 when it came out or 2003, like when we both worked at Sam's Club and he was like trying to describe this movie to me. Uh, so we always planned on having him on for the episode. He was going to be. And then like last minute, he remembered that he had something else and he couldn't be, come to the record and it was too late to change the movie. So we are doing it tushless, but just know that he is a big fan of this movie. So, yeah, you know, but, it's, uh, but also, he's not going to listen to the episode, so it's he's not. Like not. So we can so we can still badmouth him, which we would probably do regardless. But um, I'm so mad at him because he talks <laughs> this movie up all the time, and I, you know, and I get I I I had a similar kind of experience with the movie later on, not 2002. Um, yeah, but he, the fact that he's not here is just. It's shameful. It is shameful. Well, it's pretty funny, too, because he's like, yeah, he's like, everyone just says it's a Matrix ripoff and it's not a Matrix ripoff. So the first thing I told him when he's like, oh, I can't go, he's like, oh, man, I'm going to just say it's a Matrix ripoff the whole time on the podcast. <laughs> he was like, you better not. <laughs> so um, but anyways, yes. Yeah, so we're here to talk about Equilibrium. Uh, this movie is released on de- uh, December 6th. 2002 um we kind of talked already a little bit about our background or at least i did i mean i knew this was a movie uh just because i heard dave talk about it a lot i i never seen it obviously it's theatrical release was <laughs> not big um and, and you know I, I heard various things i knew christian bale was in it but i had never watched it until i watched it for the podcast just uh finished it today so what about you uh lpj I mean, I remember seeing advertisements for this movie. I mean, they weren't there weren't a lot, um, and they kind of, you know, it came out on the heels of the Matrix movies, and so there's a very Matrixy vibe to kind of the marketing campaign of it. Um, <clears throat> and so I wrote it off initially as just like you said, oh, it's just like a you know a watered down matrix or like a, like a matrix wannabe movie. Cause there were a lot of that. There's a lot of that stuff kind of coming out. You know, you get movies right. like, like existence was marketed as, you know, kind of a cyber reality, you know, matrix like movie, which actually that movie has nothing to do with it. It's not at all like the matrix, but there are a lot well, of movies, it, a lot of things marketed to capture that audience. Right. <clears throat> and that, and that's a, I mean, you're right. This movie was, obviously marketed like that but like and maybe i kind of always thought that but it's not I no mean, it's, it's really not. not no it's, it's not. not at all like it, it's completely its own thing sure a hundred percent yeah and we'll get into that um so so i wrote this off like i never i didn't bother watching it for a long time 
uh, and then I ended up catching part of it on. Uh, I, I had heard I worked at Best Buy, and I heard several of my friends or several people that I worked there talk about this movie and how they enjoyed it. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll watch it at some point. And then at, at some point, I saw it on it probably HBO, Showtime, whatever. Caught part of it, and then ended up waiting and 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 watching all of it. And I enjoyed it the first time I saw it, and then the second time I saw it was for the podcast here. Mm-hmm. Um. And I will save my opinion for later. Oh, mysterious. I'm so curious. Um, okay, let's uh, get into a little bit of the numbers on this movie. It has a budget of $20 million. Uh, it has a domestic gross of $1 million and a worldwide gross of $5 million. So... Right, but that's deceiving because I was reading yeah. about why it had such a small theatrical release. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that with pre-ticket sales and other things that kind of went into the worldwide distribution of this movie, they made their money back before they even released it, before they even had to release it in theaters. Um, so that's why it was a small, that's why Miramax decided not to do a big release on it is because they didn't, it, it was already making money. There was no sense making it running extra prints of it and sending it out because it was a small budget film and it was going to have a limited release anyway. So they just kept it an even smaller release just to make sure that, you know, it came out in the green uh, instead of in the red. Right. Which is very, very interesting, but it kind of maybe explains why this movie, you know, didn't really make as much of an impact as maybe as it could have, because it just wasn't out and wasn't available for people to see. Yeah. This movie definitely made, it's one of those, you know, slow burn cult following movies. Um, yeah. Like, like John Wick started. Uh, and I'm not saying this is anywhere near John Wick level, but it is one of those movies that people really appreciate and, um, and just by word of mouth recommend to other people. Right. Uh, so uh, the Rotten Tomatoes on this is 41% and the audience score is 81%. So yeah. And, and that's an indication of exactly the type of movie this is. Yeah, that and that that makes complete sense to me seeing that. So, um, top grossing movies of 2002 are. I feel like we just talked about 2002. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did. Uh, so they're uh, Spider Man's number one. Number two is Lord of the Rings: Two Towers, and number three is Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. This movie, Equilibrium, a first for the podcast. I go to box office mojo, look at the domestic box office. This movie was not in the top 200 movies listed for 2002. Probably because it only made a million dollars domestically. So, yep. somewhere <clears throat> after 200 is where this movie um, placed. Uh, other movies we have covered on this podcast from 2002 are number 12, Die Another Day. Number 15, Triple X, which is why I was thinking of 2002. Uh, number 21, The Born Identity. Number 32, Blade 2. And I was surprised by how low this one is, but I think this was one that made a lot of money internationally. Number 99, The Transporter. Yeah, this was def- that was a definitely... <clears throat> that's another one that was made a lot of money internationally and uh, caught on in video rentals later on. It became kind of a, its own thing later on. Neither here nor there, but uh, I recently watched The Transporter 3. I'd never seen it before. And I enjoyed it. I have to rewatch it. I've only seen it once, and I remember liking it. I think it. I, I think I like it more than the second one. So, sure. I mean, famously, the second one was kind of a train wreck. We talked about it on the podcast. We did. Yeah, uh, it was. There's there there was a whole lot going on with that. So let's talk about the cast. Of this. The cast of this movie is kind of crazy, right? Like, there's a lot of famous good actors in this movie. Like, right. Yeah, no, there is. There absolutely is. And, <clears throat> you know, and I'll say that a lot of it is due to, like, a, a lot of these actors kind of got bigger after this movie. Well, that's fair. I mean, okay. Especially, so we especially Christian, Christian Bale. Right. We mentioned Christian Bale. This is 2002. So... Probably right after this, he starts making uh, Batman Begins or right around then because that movie comes out in 2005. So it's yeah. on the heels of this. He he starts he becomes Batman. Uh, Sean Bean is a, Bean is in this movie, which I was excited to see as Partridge. Oh, uh, Christian Bale plays John Preston. Yep. Uh, Emily Watson's in it as Mary O'Brien. Tate Diggs is Brant. Um, 
William Fichtner as Jurgen, which is funny because I saw him in the credits and then I they saw him briefly at the beginning. I'm like, is that all he's in this movie? And then he <laughs> then he has a bigger part at the end. Right, and right, then right. The, the only other person of note that I was going to mention was uh, Dominic Purcell as uh, Seamus Seamus. Seamus. I don't even know what I don't even know what character that is, but I know that he played uh, what's his name on the Legends of Tomorrow. Heatwave. Um, Heatwave. Yeah. Yeah. It was also in uh, you know Jody's favorite TV show, Prison Break. Um, that's true uh but no he's in he has the smallest part possible for a named character he's one of the uh one of the leaders one of the gang leaders or rebel leaders they break into that apartment that he's in and he has like two lines and then he gets arrested you never see him again oh (laughs) Oh, at the very beginning of the movie yeah oh (laughs) Mm -hmm. um Anybody else of note that you wanted to mention or, or kind of? I mean, call Sean out? Pertwee is, is uh, a f- he's a famous English actor, but he also played Alfred Pennyworth on Gotham. Okay, he looked familiar. <clears throat> yeah, and I don't. I mean, I only watched some of Gotham. I feel like there's something else I recognize him from, but he's in a lot. I could of, be wrong. No, he's shown up in a, in a ton of different things. I'm trying to think what. I'm looking at, I I pulled up his IMDb and I'm looking at it now to see if there's something that I'm like. I remember him from Event Horizon. Um, Oh yeah, I've I've never seen that. He's in, um, no, never mind. I thought he was in one of the um, Resident Evil movies, but he's not. No, I've never seen any of the Resident Evil movies. Okay, well that can't be it. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe it is because I did watch like a season or two of Gotham. So maybe that's, I I don't know. I'm scrolling through his. Yeah, he's got a lot of things on his uh, IMDb page, but I don't really recognize any of them. Oh, right. he's in that movie Formula 51 that I always want to co- cover. That's another one that Dave uh, will always sing the praises of that I've never seen. So, I've never seen um, it. I don't even know what it's about. Yeah. We'll, ha- uh, we'll have to add it to the list. Um, okay. Uh, but anyone else besides him? I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like I... Uh, recognize the name of one of these dudes but maybe he's not actually in anything uh angus mcfadden angus mcfadden yeah yeah he's been in a lot of different things he was um he's uh robert the bruce in braveheart oh okay and he actually ended up playing robert the bruce and other things too um what else would you have seen him in i mean that's probably it that's probably where you recognize him from Okay, I, the name seemed familiar. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, did I, I? I mentioned Tay Diggs, right? Yeah, I said Tay yep. Diggs. But yeah, like this, uh, all the main people in this movie are, you know, like you said. I mean, some of them go on to become more famous, but still, they're like good quality actors, you know. And uh, you know, I think this movie is well acted. You know, we'll yeah. get into some of the other stuff in it, but I mean, I, I was surprised. I guess I always knew that Christian Bale was in it. I didn't know that like all the other supporting roles were pretty much actually good, like known actors in this movie. So, yeah, this movie is not short on actors or acting skill. Like everyone in this movie is, is really good. Like nobody mm-hmm. phones it in. Everyone is even the bit parts, even people like, like William Fickner who, who have a, a you know, he's essentially like a, he's a small role, but he's great in it. Like, I mean, like notably great. Um, everyone kind of takes their moment to shine and, and really, you know, and then really does. They really follow through on, on their part. Right. Um, okay. Uh, let's do some net worths. Okay. You ready for some net worths? Yes. Uh, let's start with uh, William Fickner. Um, he's got that sweet, sweet. In the beginning of the Dark Knight money, uh, what do you think for him? Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet Go money. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Go. That's a movie that I love when it came out, and I have not watched that in a long time. I watched it um, recently. By recently, I mean like within the past couple of years. And uh, yeah, you know, it's of its time. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> so, what's your guess? Now I'm like. Uh, looking to see if that movie is streaming on anything. I don't know. Uh, I I caught it on TV, so I would imagine it's somewhere. Um, okay. Well, anyways, what do you what do you think? I'll go for, uh, five million. Five million dollars. Uh, nine million dollars okay. for uh, William Fickner. Next up, uh, Emily Watson. She's got that sweet, sweet. I literally can't. Th- I know she's in stuff. I can't think of anything that she's in. Money. What do you think for Emily Watson? She's got that sweet, sweet. 
voice of a character in Corpse Bride money. I think she's the Corpse Bride. <laughs> no, that's actually probably Helena Bonham, Car- Helena Bonham Carter is the Corpse Bride. But she's in it. She's in Corpse Bride. Um, I'll go. I'll go fifteen million for her. Ten million dollars okay. for Emily. And just a quick update: apparently, Go is available to stream on Netflix. There so it is. There- uh, go watch Go if you haven't seen it. Uh, okay, next up, Tay Diggs. Another one that I know is in a lot of stuff. He's got sweet, sweet money from stuff, but I, I can't think he's of got that, He's got that. He's got that sweet, sweet Go money. Oh, he's in Go? <laughs> yeah. No, he's not. Yes, he is. For real? Yeah, you know you know the four guys oh. that go to Vegas? He's yeah. in the car with, uh, with um, uh, not, not, uh, Oh shit! What's his name? Green. I don't know. Uh, no, uh, it doesn't matter. He's in the car with the with the four guys that go to Vegas. Um, uh, I was gonna say, gun to my head, I could just tell you that Katie Holmes and Timothy Oliphant are in that movie. Yes. <clears throat> anyway, Tay Diggs. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet. Used to be married to Adina Menzel. Money. <laughs> oh man! Right. Well, what it, the the like Frozen singer? Yeah. Well, how, how did uh? How did John Travolta say her name that one time? Oh, I don't even at the Oscars. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know why we're even bringing that up right now. Because it was really funny. Anyways, so what do you think for Tay Diggs? Uh, I'll go twenty million. Fourteen million okay. for uh, Tay Diggs. Next up, Sean Bean. He's got that sweet, sweet, famously known known for dying and everything he's in. Money. What do you think for uh, Sean Bean? Oh man, he's got that sweet, sweet. He's got that sweet, sweet Silent Hill money. Um. <laughs> Talk about video game adaptations. I was I was taking a drink and you almost made me almost made me spit it out with that uh, reference. I right. know that was a deep cut right there. Uh, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go twenty million. Boom, twenty million on the button. There it is, super fan. Uh, and then finally, we've talked about him a couple of times. Christian Bale. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet American Psycho money. What do you think for Christian Bale? He's got that sweet, sweet The Machinist money, um, <laughs> which is another movie Dave raves about. Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, I'd like to. I, instead, I'd like to say he's got that sweet, sweet Ford versus Ferrari money. Ooh. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet Newsies money. Um, <laughs> Ooh, good one. A movie I still have never seen, which ever, maybe I should watch. I don't know. Oh man, my wife was so excited when that came to Disney Plus. And watched it like three times. Uh, tried to get one of my sons to watch it, and he's like, "This is stupid." And he left. I think Disney Plus also has you can watch like a the like Broadway show is yes, on there as well. You can, like, yep. So, uh, anyway, we, we, any, we digress. I, yes, uh, I'll go 120 million. Boom! You start. That's on the nose. You started off weak, but you finished strong, and that's, that's all it. that matters. That's it. I'm a closer, baby. I'm Mariana Rivera. Mariana Rivera, right here. <laughs> Um, okay, so this movie is written and directed by Kurt. Wait, are there Wimmer? other taglines? Yeah, usually the taglines come after the. Oh, uh, my apologies. Sorry. I feel like you should know the format. You're the host of the show. Usually we talk about the director and stuff, and then we get into that. I'm no. sorry. Uh, you know what? I apologize. It's, Please proceed. It's all right. So this movie's written and directed by Kurt Wimmer. Weimer? Weimer, I think. I think it's Weimer. And here's, I think, maybe why I've avoided this movie for so long. The only thing else that I know him for is the movie Ultraviolet. Yeah. Um, which he made, I think, after this one. Yes. Uh, and I saw that movie in theaters and still was probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in the theaters or, or in period. So I feel like I was like, oh, it's connected to this guy. I don't ever want to see it. So I don't really know much else about him. I've never seen Ultraviolet. I don't plan to. He's written a lot of movies. Like he wrote Law Abiding Citizen, which gets good reviews. I've never mm-hmm. seen all that. Uh he did the remake of Total Recall and Point Break. Oh, he's a remake guy. Yeah. Uh he wrote Salt, that Angelina Jolie movie. Oh, okay. So you know, he 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 does he does a lot more writing than directing. Oh yeah, I'm 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 looking right now. I see yeah, Thomas Crown Affair. He wrote Thomas Crown Affair. Oh, he wrote Sphere, yep. the adaptation of Sphere, which I've actually never seen. Double That's Trouble not is, great. is that the movie? Is that the movie with the Barbarian twins? Yes, it is. Anyways, he apparently wrote Double Trouble. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, like I said, I I, I knew him from Ultraviolet, which I, I'm not a fan of, and like I said, maybe that's why I never like got into this movie. But I guess I didn't realize until looking at it more. I think I always thought the order was reverse. Right. I didn't realize that he made this, and then he made Ultraviolet. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then the music is by Klaus Badlet. 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 Either way. Yeah, whatever. Either way, uh, it's it's fine. We're we're not playing yeah. any music from it because it's no, not memorable. It's not, and, it's not worth know, it. It is it is what it is. So now those taglines. Hey, can we do taglines? Yes, we Thank can. You. Sweet. Uh, there are four of them. The first one is in the near future, freedom is a thing of the past. Which, first of all, it's not in the near future. I don't know if you saw. Apparently, the movie takes place in 2072, yeah. which is which isn't the near future. Really, now in 2022, and it definitely wasn't 20 years ago when this movie came out. No, I'd say so it's kind tag- of just like in the in the in the moderate future. So, this one again, I don't I don't know if any of these make sense. This one, in a future where freedom is outlawed, outlaws will become heroes. Maybe, kind of, I guess. It's a stretch. The next one: <clears throat> two men, one battle, no compromise. I'm not even sure what. No, that is doesn't that make like, sense. Is that like Christian Bale and Tate Diggs? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, and then the last one is the only thing more powerful than the system is the man that will overthrow it. Well, that's kind of that's kind of a no duh thing, you know. <laughs> if he's overthrowing it, obviously he's stronger than the system. That's true. Um, so I'm going to leave this to you uh, sure. or, or to explain it. But before we get into the movie, the plot, could you maybe give a brief kind of summation or idea of what Gun Kata is? All right. So, so Kurt Weimer thought that – so traditionally martial arts is, you know, hand-to-hand combat with – simple weapons, you know, swords, spears, nunchucks, whatever. Um, that's not really action movie enough for Kurt Weimer. He wanted to incorporate, he thought you could, you could incorporate guns into martial arts. Uh, so he came up with gun Kata, which is a series of <clears throat> like fluid motions and positions that maximize the maximize your ability to hit your target with a gun, shoot them without being shot yourself. Um, so it's kind of like, kind of like Tai Chi with guns. Um, but it's like, it's, I mean like, but it's, it's like weird stuff like hand behind your back, like over your head, under your armpit, like really kind of ridiculous things. And, th- and this is going to sound dumb, but it's bullshit, right? Like, it wouldn't work. Like, you would just no. get shot, right, if you yeah, did yeah, yeah. it in real life? Oh, yeah. You know, if this worked in real life, people would do it. This does not work in real life. <laughs> I mean, it looks cool as hell, I feel like. Yeah, when I, it's I think in it does. practice, it looks cool, but, like, in re- it's not applicable to the real world. No. No, I can't imagine <laughs> this. I cannot imagine this. Like, it, it, no. I, no, I can't possibly imagine that it's, that's accurate at all. So, okay, I just kind of wanted to get that out of the way because Gunkata is obviously comes up and is a big focus of this movie. Yeah, and, and we should say also, it is this movie kind of. Yes, The Matrix had some of that, and 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 a lot of it's taken from, you know, like John Woo essentially created that whole close combat um, with weapon with 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 guns kind of fighting, and then this is just modernized for a Western audience. Um, so he didn't really create this. Kurt Weimer didn't really create this. He just sort of adapted it for a Western audience. But okay. this became hugely popular in video games. So you end up seeing, after this movie comes out, you end up seeing stuff like this in games like Devil May Cry, Bayonetta, uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 has it with the QCQ, close quarters combat fighting. Um, you end up seeing it sort of show up in a lot of video games after this. Okay, gotcha. Um, anything else that you want to talk about before we go through the plot of this movie? 
Uh, through the plot. No, nothing specific. No. I mean, I have issues with the conceit of this movie, but I'll save that for the end. Okay. I'm going to start, and I normally wouldn't do this verbatim, but I'm going to read the kind of dialogue text thing or what they go through at the the beginning because I feel like it's important to set the tone of the movie. So this is how the movie starts with this kind of – why can't I think crawl. of the uh, voiceover? And it's a little bit of a crawl and a voiceover. Okay. In the first years of the 21st century, a third world war broke out. Those of us who survive knew mankind could never survive a fourth. That our own volatile natures could simply no longer be risked. So we have created a new arm of the law, the Grammaton Cleric, whose sole task is to seek out and eradicate the true source of man's inhumanity to man, his ability to feel wait, did I write that wrong? The true source of man's inhumanity, man's ability man to feel. Is, yes. Boom. That's so we kind of get, they kind of in a way do a good job of setting up the premise of this movie right on top. Yeah, no, like I that, agree. It's not that long of a crawl and it's kind of like, boom, this is what's going on. Uh, and obviously it's going to get fleshed out a little more, but you kind of you kind of know what, what what the main kind of conflict in this movie is. Right. Boom. So uh, the first thing is um, they, they show these dudes and it's very confusing at first. Like there's these dudes, Dominic Purcell and them, and they're in like a house and there's like paintings on the wall and like these cops show up and just start killing a bunch of people. And we're like, well, what's going on? Then a car pulls up and it's got Christian Bale and Sean Bean in it, and they're both clerics, uh, part of that part of that new order. Um, and then like they they kind of got the rest of the guys uh, cornered in a room, and like Christian Bale's like, "Oh, as soon as I go in, like shoot out the lights," and he like slides into this door and like kicks it open, and that's when we get our first like gun kata where he's just doing all the gun kata moves and just like taking out all these guys in the dark and it's shot really well too like it's it's um it's pitch black the only thing that lights the scene are the muzzle flashes from the gun every time he shoots um and so it's almost like a strobe effect i mean it is a strobe effect so it, it is it's very visually it's very cool but i will say this it's the kind of the only time that gun kata really looks cool in the entire movie Oh, really? I kind of like some of the other scenes of it, but... Maybe I don't know. I mean, this is, like... I think they really... This is kind of the apex, like, visually what it could look like. Okay. All right. So, anyways, so he kills a bunch of dudes, like, everybody in that room. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, they go through the house. They find a bunch of paintings, like, hidden under the floor. One of them being the Mona Lisa. <laughs> Yeah. Which I thought was, I like the fact that it was like, and they like pull out this thing and they, I, they, I like authenticate it and they're like, it's the real one. And then they immediately like bring in like a guy with a blowtorch and he just torches all the paintings. See, here's, um, I'm going to say now, here's one of my issues. If, if all art, right, is banned, why would it matter whether it was the real one or not? They're going to burn it anyway. Well, Right? Yeah. If it's a cop, it's the same. Whether it's real or not is irrelevant. It's the fact that it's art. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, anyway, so they're like leaving the, uh, they're leaving the crime scene and like, Sean Bean, like, uh, Christian Bale notices he has like a book in his pocket and he's kind of like, ah, well, I'm going to take it because sometimes they forget to log stuff in. So I'm going to like log it in myself. Uh, Yeah. Sometimes the, the sweep teams forget to forget things. Yeah, so he's like, I'm going to log it in myself. So they go back to the main city. Uh, what do they call the area where they keep going? The nethers? The, is that what they call it? The where nethers? The, where the people where, are? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they go back into the main city that's behind like a big wall. There's blimps for some reason. I wasn't sure why there's blimps there. Kind of like a Batman the Animated Series vibe. Well, it does. Um, well, it's supposed to be... <clears throat> it's supposed to um, uh, uh, kind of mimic... Uh, like like Nazism. So there was a lot of Zeppelins in Germany at the time. Um, the the flag of the government is very reminiscent of a swastika. Uh, it, it's all that Nazi imagery is what they're what they're presenting. Right. Okay. So uh, we kind of get the, we we get shots of the city and you see it's very everyone's pretty much dressed the same. They're all walking. It's very like 
organized and like there's you know it's very strict and routine like and we get a lot of shots of this um and we see the ads for like the drug that everyone's on is called prosium and it's a drug that suppresses human emotions and you take it much like you take nuke oh yeah and, uh, no it's totally nuke taken and- like you take nuke it just doesn't have the uh you know digital sound effect yeah, it's like you take you have like you carry around a like a gun like an injector and you like every so you have to take so many doses a day and you just shoot it into your neck. Um, so then Christian Bale meets with um, and I can't remember what this guy's character name is. Hold on, he meets with them and I'm just like, wait, is this guy his boss? Is it Sean Pertwee? Sean Pertwee, yeah. Yes. Well, I'm he like, doesn't. Mean, no, uh, Angus McFadden is the Sean Pertwee is the 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 leader. Right? Oh. Angus McFadden is the guy he actually talks to. DuPont. Okay, so he meets with with DuPont and talks to him, and that's where he brings up that his wife was apparently killed because she was a sense offender. That's what they call people with, like, emotions. Right. Or sense offenders. So his wife was a sense offender. Um, Okay. So uh, then, like, they show Christian Bale at his desk, and he's just, like, watching a video of, like, him and Sean Bean's conversation from the car. That's a little weird. Um, and then they're like, they find out that like Sean Bean has been like leaving and going out to the nethers at night. So they track him down and follow him. And he's well, like in an empty. I think the reason why he's watching the video is he suspects that Sean Bean is feeling emotion. So he's, well, wa- he's trying to check to see like if he's having any indicators. Well, okay. Yeah. And there is something where it talks about, cause like Christian Bale is like the top cleric and there's something with it they never really fully explain where they because they they talk about tadix having it too where it's like they're able to like sense if people are having feelings or they have some kind of like precognition or something, something that allows yeah. them they don't really elaborate on it but they're, they're almost empathic so he meets up with sean bean who's like reading that book in a church and they have a conversation and he ends up killing sean bean right yes for being a and, sense and then like sense offender and then like immediately <laughs> He walks out and Tay Diggs is there and he's like, I'm your new partner. And I'm like, man, that happened fast. Super fast. I think they sent him, they sent Christian Bale there because they knew. I think Christian Bale knew, reported it, and then immediately they're like, yo, you better send him a new partner. Okay. And okay I, I, think it, I think it's it's to send the new partner immediately to make sure that Christian Bale doesn't get turned as well. Okay. That makes enough sense. So then, like, uh, Christian Bale goes home. Uh, he, his son is there. His son immediately is like, hey, I saw a kid crying. Do you think I should report him for being a sense offender? And Christian Bale's kind of like, well, what do you think? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, of course you should. Um, then they show Christian Bale sleeping. And I'm like, man, this feature has no pillows? Yeah. It sucks. I couldn't fall asleep. I mean, I guess I could if I was tired enough. But um, uh, he has a dream about his wife and, like, when she got uh, captured and and taken away from being a sense offender. Then, like, in the morning, like, um, so he... He's going... He's getting ready in the morning, and he, like, knocks over his dose of the... um, Drug. I can't remember what the... Prosium. Drug. Prosium. And, like... So he can't take it. And then, like, immediately his son shows up and is, like, bossing him around, like, telling him how he, oh, he needs to get another dose and make sure you replace it and all this stuff. And I'm like, stop bossing him around, son. Well, that, your deal? I, I will say that that is, um, that's another one of those um, um, reflections of of, uh, of Nazism. Like, the, the children were so indoctrinated that they would keep tabs on their parents and, um, you know, make sure they're following the rules as well. Uh, okay. It's 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 another again. It's it's a lot of that a lot of Nazism. So anyway, so he's supposed to go to the uh, centers that have the uh, drug, which I think those are actually or the company or the places are called like Equilibrium. Like that's where the name gets from. Right. Like, the centers are Equilibrium centers. Uh, but he goes and it's closed because there was like a bombing and he can't get his new. They call them intervals. He can't can't get his interval. Uh, but, is, like, take I, I have an issue with this. If this oh, drug, boy. if this drug is so important to culture, like to their to their entire society, why would they only have a couple places available? Why wouldn't there be twenty four hour? Like you could get it anywhere you wanted. It's readily available all the time. Like if it's so crucial that they miss I, one dose, then why wouldn't I, they make it well, totally available all the time? 
Well, okay. I will say a couple things. I will say one, I think there's more of those centers than maybe we know. I think that was just like the closest one he was supposed to go to. And also I think it's they they want to keep control of the supply and all the stuff of the drug. So they don't want it just like everywhere for one reason. It's a very controlled society. So I think that like they want to be able to and plus like everyone's so docile and on the drug. I think they don't really have to worry about, you know, I don't know. I, I think that that's it if i have to try and defend that but i i understand what you're saying yeah well i mean it's like as soon as as soon as the dose wears off he immediately starts feeling emotions like if it's that much of a switch that's flipped then wouldn't you want it everywhere just to make sure that people are always taking it i mean yeah i guess they wouldn't make you wouldn't make it hard like like if you were if you were uh uh but I, th- I think it's like going to the drugstore. Like, I got to go to the drugstore to get my prescription. So to a certain extent, I just can't go anywhere and get my, you know, prescriptions that I need. I have to go to a drugstore right. and get them. So. But think of how many drugstores there are. Oh, I don't. Yeah, but I don't know. I Maybe there's more of those equilibrium centers than, we're, than we know of. I think he just went to the one that was like, like, it's like if I went to the CVS by my house, that's where I'd go get prescriptions and it was closed. And then you picked me up there like... I, I think that's just what happened. It was like he went to the one that was closest to him. It was closed. And then Tay Diggs picked him up. And for some reason, he decided to say, he's like, oh, yeah, I got it. You know, mm-hmm. like. Or why didn't, I, I why, think, didn't, why didn't Tay Diggs, you know, or why didn't he borrow one from his son? You know, if if he's so concerned, I don't know. We can drop it. It's fine. But No, it's fine. But I will say I, I did kind of think, well, why didn't why does everyone have to have just the exact right amount of doses? Like, why don't you have extra? Like, why don't you yeah. have. That, 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 I'll, I'll give you that. That was okay. a little confusing to me as to like, but anyways. So anyway, so they go to Emily Watson's place uh, and they're kind of searching it and they find like a hidden, they bust out a wall and they find a hidden room with all this contraband, which is all, you know, like basically anything that's fun or interesting that is like outlawed in this place, yeah, you know, pictures, basically. music, anything. Um, uh, but then Christian Bale, who now is off the drugs and is starting to kind of have emotions, stops uh, Tay Diggs from killing Emily Watson, right? Yes. Uh, he interviews, he has kind of like an interview with, a, or, or what's not interview, what's the word I'm looking for? Interrogation. Interrogation with Emily Watson, and they kind of have a debate about feelings and stuff like that. Boom. That's when they're, <laughs> that's when we first, when they, in the movie, they first talking about like gun kata and what it is. And they say that it like increases your efficiency like 120%. And I'm like, can something be increased 120%? It can. No, it, you can increase something 120%. It's more than, basically, if you're increasing it 120%, you're more than doubling it. So like, if you have 10%, 10 of something and you're 100% more, it's 20 of something. If it's 120%, it's, 10 more of that so it'd be 22 okay all right well fair enough then so anyways so like christian bale like wakes up in the middle of the night and he like it's raining and there's like stuff covering the windows and he like rips it off so he can actually see outside and he just and he like decides to like stop taking the drugs on purpose now like he's done taking them he goes into his office and like I like the where he's sitting at his desk and he looks around at everyone's desk is like set up exactly the same yeah. with like everything in the same spot. So he starts like moving stuff uh, around on his desk um, and then Tate Diggs shows up and they go out back out to the nethers to find some other uh, sense offenders um, and, and they're kind of like killing a bunch of people and they find like he find Christian Bale finds like a secret room in the basement full of contraband and he's just like I, I kind of like the idea of how they introduce like the feelings kind of coming back to him where he's just like he's really just like touching everything right? yeah. it's just like mm-hmm. it's just like discovering everything like everything down there it's just like and it's nothing it's like picture like a room in your house or something just full of stuff and that's like kind of what the basement is um and, and he finds like a uh, a record it's like beethoven's ninth symphony or yep. something and he listens to it and he like uh starts crying so then he leaves this is the worst scene in the movie so he leaves and, and like kind of like I, I feel like tay diggs is asking him some questions because i think he took a book is that what it is he took a book to like say he sean did the same bean. thing that sean bean did yeah yeah, but before like uh, he can question them further, they're like, "Ah, there's something out back." They go back. These humans have like a kennel where they're keeping dogs, and they're like, "Oh yeah, just like kill them all." And like, they don't show you them, but literally they kill all these dogs. But one of them gets free and like runs, and like Christian Bale like 
grabs it and like picks it up and they're like all right give it back to us so we can kill it but he like he can't like let them kill his dog and he's like he's always thinking of like bullshit excuses oh in this yeah movie and he's Full like yeah he's like i think we should keep it alive because we might need to test it to see if it has any diseases or something like that so apparently they believe that so um so yeah and christian bale at this point is like questioning all kinds of stuff uh they show him driving out into the nethers uh, he has that dog in his trunk and he kind of like sets the dog out and he's like, all right, just like go get out of here and gets back in the car. But like the dog won't leave because it's like a puppy. Sure. Uh, and event- eventually he like can't leave it behind. So he puts it back in the trunk and then just as he's about to leave, like the cops pull up and they're like, hey, what's going on? Like what's in the what's in the trunk? Open your trunk, give us your keys. And he's like, hey, I'm a cleric. Like this is fine. And, like, finally they recognize him, and it seems like things are going to be cool. But then the dog barks, and they open up the trunk and see the dog's in there. And then Christian Bale just, like, flips in the gun kata mode and, like, just kills everybody yeah. there. So I have a problem with this, too. Oh, no. There's such a totalitarian government, right? They wouldn't have cameras on all their soldiers. Like, they wouldn't be keeping tabs of them and see exactly um, what's going on. I agree with you to a certain certain extent that it seems like they would, but I would say that it's never established. It's well, not. Okay. I mean, other than the fact that it's established within the car, like it's in the car. Right. They obviously have a camera in there if he can record the, uh, if he can watch the conversation he had with Sean Bean. <clears throat> but you, That's true. But you'd think that, you know, if they're so worried about controlling the population and rooting out all of these things, that they would have cameras everywhere. Well, okay, I agree with you to a certain extent. I have a bigger problem with the kind of with something that comes up here in a little bit. So okay. let's put a pin in that okay. for a second. So he goes home. I was confused at first because he rips the mirror off the wall and is like looking at pipes. But basically, he starts. Excuse me. He starts storing all his pills behind the mirror, right? Yeah, yeah. He has to do something with them. I guess he can't just you know throw them away. <laughs> Or flush them down the or toilet. Flush them down I would the imagine toilet. they still have toilets, but so he keeps hiding them uh, behind the mirror. I don't know if maybe it's like he decides to change his mind and wants to start taking them again. I don't know. Uh, then he goes down. He's training Gunkata, and he like he does Gunkata with uh, Tay Diggs. They're like training, but it seems like they're actually hitting each other. And I think like because they've established that Tay Diggs has the same kind of weird precog ability as him, like. Tay Diggs is starting to suspect that he is like off the drug and having yeah. emotions and yep. stuff like that. Which but he can't I, prove it. I was reading that in that scene, they really did beat the shit out of each other with sticks and they kept breaking the props. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, and then Tay Diggs is like, hey, we're doing another raid on the Nethers. You got to come. They go in there. This is where I have kind of a problem. So Christian Bale, who is full on feeling emotions at this point, he basically saves these rebels, kills <laughs> kills a lot of like the cops, like beats the shit out of them. And, like, it helps him. I love that scene, though, where he's, like, where he, like, the gun has, like, I don't know what it has in the bottom of, like, the handle, but yeah. it's almost like. Like a, he, like, like, a, like, like a pummeling device. And he doesn't seem to, like, kill all those guys. But then, like, he doesn't get in trouble for any no. of that stuff. Which is why I was confused, right? They, they, yes. If he kept even a single person alive, they would have ratted him out. Like, I don't. I don't understand it. And and again, like no cameras anywhere? Like I don't the, the level of things he's able to get away with and the government not catch on is mind-boggling to me. It's very confusing cuz he like straight up kills one guy. Yeah. He and he beats up and he probably kills some other guys and it's like I I don't know because like um I, because the next scene is like he thinks he helps these guys escape, and then it's like Tay Diggs is like, "Oh, thanks for like funneling them to me. Like, great plan. Like, I got them, and they're all lined up." And he's like, "Hey, you kill them now." And he's like, "No, I'm not gonna kill them." Yeah, it was like I think it. I think it was testing him. Tay Diggs was testing him, and obviously he failed. Well, yeah, because he doesn't end up killing the guys. They all end up getting killed anyways. Yep. Um. So okay. The next scene is Christian Bale goes and he's hanging out with Sean Bean's dead body for a while. 
Um, and in the, uh, in the, while he's hanging out with him, he looks at his, his personal effects and he finds a, a thing. It looks like a CD case, but it's got a picture of him and Emily Watson together. So she yep. goes and talks to Emily. He goes to talk to Emily Watson some more. Uh, she tries to stab him with a pen. Um, and I guess he's kind of like falling in love with Emily Watson at this point. I guess. Yeah. It, it, I mean, uh, cause he takes like. Somewhere at some point, he takes like some of her uh, artifacts, and is like one of them is just like a sl- swath of cloth that he keeps smelling. Like it's like a, a, it's ribbon, like a ribbon, yeah. Um. So then uh, he goes to this place. I'm not sure what the place is. Some kind of like re-education center or something. I I didn't quite get this part when he beats the shit out of that guy and ask him about Sean Bean's character. Like I didn't understand quite where that, what that place was. I when he know. throws him through the wall and then he meets William Victor after he throws him through the wall. I don't know what it was either. I have no idea what the place is. <laughs> um, okay. So he throws the guy through the wall uh, and then he meets William Victor. William Victor is Jurgen. Uh, Jurgen is like the head of the underground. Uh, they take him to the underground, which is literally underground, like the main city. Yes, like which is kind of interesting because they always assumed it was out in the in the nethers, but it's actually in the city, just underground. Yeah, um, and they make him take a lie detector test to make sure he actually has emotions. And, and William Victor's kind of like, and, and I, I like that conversation they have, where like basically William Victor's like, yeah, like some of us still have to not have emotions, so other of us can. So like William Victor's, I, I got the impression of still like taking the drug, right? Is yeah, he's still, yeah, he's still taking it. So and, and they want Christian Bale to kill the father, right? Okay. Yes. So then he goes back and uh, he gets yelled at by his boss. McFadden for a while. I can't remember why. Because I think he's a sense offender, but he's like, no, I'm not. And they're like, okay, cool, you're not. Uh, then he goes back, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot that. At this point in the movie, I'm like, I forgot Christian Bale had two kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he goes and sees, yep. <laughs> he goes and sees his kids. Uh, then he goes and talks to Emily Watson again. They have some sexual tension. Uh, then he goes and talks to William Victor again. And he's oh, wait, like, is okay. this where you find out the kids have stopped taking the Prozac too? Or whatever it is? No. That's, that's no, like, that's not yet. Okay. Prosium. That's Prosium. yeah. So then he goes talk to he talks to William Fichtner again because he he has feelings for Emily Watson. He's like, okay, he's like, I'll do it. I'll, I'll assassinate the father, right? Yes, I'll kill the father. That's right. Yeah. So then he's at his desk and he's like, they're supposed to be uh, <laughs> executing Emily Watson. Which, by the way, how would you describe their method of executing people in this future society? Uh, they 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 just burn them alive, right? That's yeah, essentially they it. To, they just yeah. burn them alive <laughs> into a big furnace so, and just cremate um, them so on the spot. So he's watching like a video of when they took his wife to do this, and he like he gets really emotional. And he runs off, and he's just running, 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 trying to save Emily Watson from the same fate. And I was kind of surprised he gets there too late. <laughs> well, I what was he going to do? Gonna, Sir, obviously, sir, just kill all the people and yeah. save her. Now, isn't he? There is. You don't see a single person, another single person, run in this entire movie. Well, I think that's on purpose. No, no, I know. But what I'm saying is, as soon as he starts running, wouldn't everyone around him be suspicious? Yeah, I kind of thought that too. Like everyone I, would be. Like everyone's like, "Whoa, why is he running?" You know, whether they have emotions or not, they would be curious about the fact that somebody is running. I would say this. I feel like all I'm doing is defending this movie. I would say that maybe it's just because they're like, oh, well, he's like an important cleric. So maybe he's on like cleric business and that's why he's running. Mm, I don't buy it. All right. Because even the other clerics would be, why is he running? Well, anyways, I think Tay Diggs is on to him this whole time because he oh, totally. he leaves, he leaves, and then like he starts crying very publicly, and Tay Diggs is like, "Ha, I gotcha! You have feelings!" And they take him to go see uh, his boss, uh, McFadden, and he's like, "No, it wasn't me. It's actually Tay Diggs. He's the one that killed all those cops. He's got sense. He's got like emotions now." And they're like, "You're right. He does. Take him to go light him on fire, right?" So. And then, like, I guess, like, there's a scene where Christian Bale's like, why can't I meet the father? I'm like, what if I bring in, like, what if I shut down the resistance? Could I meet the father? And they're like, "Uh, yeah. Oh, wait, you know what? Sorry. I skipped a beat. Because after that, they're like, hey, even though, because he accused you of this, 
we still got to search your place. So he yeah. like he, run, he runs back home to search his place, and he goes to see where his pills are, and they're gone. And that's when you find out because his son's like, "Hey, you should be more careful when you put those." And basically, we find out that his neither of his kids have been taking the uh, prosium since like their mom got taken away and killed. Right. Yep. Which I, I which I thought was kind of a cool beat. Like I, I kind of like that a little bit. Yeah. They had stopped dosing. Dosing is what they call it. Yes. So anyways, so yeah. So that was like, the deal was basically he made with McFadden was like, hey, if you, if I shut down the resistance, will you let me meet the father? And they're like, okay. And, and they meet with William Fichter and they're like, hey, if you kill the father, we're going to blow up all the equilibrium centers. And even if it just disrupt you, uh, uh, disrupts like one dose, it's going to be enough for people to start have feelings and we can kind of change things around here, yeah. right? Again. My issue, if this drug is so volatile that one dose causes people to have feelings, why isn't it everywhere all the time? I don't get it. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, um, so he goes to meet the father. He's in his dress whites. Uh, they're like, hey, you got to take a lie detector test just to make sure before you meet the father. So they go in and they sit him down. But then, surprise, Tay Diggs is there. He's not dead. They they were actually playing Christian Bale. They knew that he had emotions, and they kind of wanted him to play out what was going on uh, so they could catch him in the act, I think. Or they wanted him to turn in the resistance. I don't know quite why, but they were setting him up, right? So then it turns out the father has actually been dead for years, and it's just been like Christian Bale's boss, McFadden, impersonating him, pretending to be the father, keeping up. With hologram technology and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, then... Christian Bale just, he's like, ha-ha, and he, like, has his guns in his sleeves. He kills a lot of people. Yep. So many people with the guns. I like the, I like cool. the real, I like when he slides and he, like, because when the fight starts, he throws those things out. And I'm like, what did he throw out? And then he slides and, like, reloads his gun with them. Yeah. Um, that's so a John, that's a John Woo dudes. thing, by the way. So he kills a bunch of dudes like that. Then he goes into the office where uh, his boss is. Uh, he kills a bunch of dudes with swords, which is really cool. And then I kind of like the bit where you like think there's going to be a big showdown between him and Tay Diggs. They're going to have a big sword fight, and he literally just cuts, literally cuts Tay Diggs' face off. Yeah, just chops him up, cuts his face off, and then that's it. And it's like one of those shots too, where like Tay Diggs falls down, and you see, and he looks normal, and then it's like the front of his face just like slides off. Yeah. Um, so then him and the the guy pretending to be the father have like a. a um, prolonged kind of gunkata fight where they're both doing like gunkata stuff and it, yep. uh and he and he like stops him and he's like hey he's like uh i can't remember exactly he's like hey but now that you have feelings like is it worth the toll uh is it really the, worth the, the price kill? yeah to, to kill me and he's like i can't he has, i wish i wrote it down he, he, says, cool he says line. he says i pay it gladly that's what he says and he shoots the guy and kills him and then, like, he goes and he starts shooting all the hologram TVs that are projecting the father stuff. And all the equilibrium centers start blowing up. All the drug factories. And all the rebels storm into the city and start killing the guards. And I think William Fichtner, it all happens before William Fichtner gets burned. Um, yes. And that and that's kind of the end of the movie. We're kind of left to wonder, like, where does society go from there? Um, but, yeah. So that, that, that brings us to the end of the movie. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I this whole movie is basically just like it, it's very Orwellian. Like it's all it's a lot of 1984, a lot of you know classic um, dystopian uh, science fiction. It's all kind of this is very much an homage to that, and you know in some regards a, a ripoff of some of it too. Um, but you know it's not Matrixy at all. No, it's not, and that's the thing. I mean, other than the fact that like. Yeah, there's like prolonged gun battles and like maybe that scene when he's before he gets into the guy's office, maybe that's a little reminiscent of the scene where they're storming the lobby in the Matrix. But like other than that, it's not. I mean, it's not. It's very different. It's nothing to do with technology or anything like that. It's more of like a and I kind of do like like, yeah, maybe there's some issues, whatever, but I kind of do like the main idea behind it, which is like, okay, in order to stop wars and all this terrible stuff like is it worth giving up all your emotions like all the bad emotions and the good emotions to avoid all this stuff like because we're getting rid of rage and anger and all this stuff but along with it go love and happiness and all that kind of stuff like the the struggle between it's like 
is it worth it to give up the good stuff to get rid of the bad stuff? Yeah, you know? I agree with that. I, I like, mm. I like the concept of that. I don't like the execution. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think there's some. I think there's some flaws in it, but well, I don't think this. Is, so, movies and TV shows that do the whole, you know, society without emotions thing, it's tricky. Because if you don't have emotions, you you also generally don't have any ambition. So you don't have a, a society without emotions wouldn't necessarily lead to a totalitarian dictatorship like this. Because a totalitarian dictatorship like this re, re, relies on some kind of leader, a charismatic leader that takes over and and from his own ambition, you know, rules the world in his image. Well, if you don't have right. emotion, you're not really going to have ambition to do things because you don't have any. There's no drive. There's no desire for things. You're you're simply you're you're simply existing off of logic and what makes sense for your your what makes sense as far as you know logically what you should do, not based on your emotions. So I, I think I, I I just I don't buy this world existing with the with the Removal of emotions. I just don't think the two things work well together. And, right. and I'll cite an example. So you're obviously not a Star Trek fan. Um, no. But our fans out there are. Um, some of them are. You look at the Vulcans. The Vulcans have suppressed emotions, right? They live in essentially a utopian society. They work off of logic. If 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 X is wrong... If something's wrong, like if something's broken, logically, these are the steps we need to do to correct it. And then they go out and they do it. And then that problem's fixed. If there's hunger, okay, well, there's hunger. How do we fix it? Let's make more crops. Let's have more farmers. Let's get distribution up. Let's make sure nobody goes hungry. So it's all a method of of of, of uh, progressing your society in a logical way, um, not suppressing your society uh, to keep them... Um, to keep them um, um, bound to your rules. So I, I think something like Star Trek and the Vulcans, it's a much better example of what lack of emotions would be versus a movie like this where lack of emotions leads to, you know, an Orwellian future, which I just, I don't think the two things play together. All right. I mean, that's fair enough. That's a, a well, well-stated point. I mean, it worked well enough for me, but I, I understand what you're saying sure. as far as that. Um, do you have anything as far as like a, a role reversal or anything for this at all? Not specific. I mean, the one thing I saw was um, at one point they considered Dominic Purcell to play John Preston, um, but then Christian Bale was able to do it, and so they just like moved Dominic Purcell to be Seamus. That's really the only thing I could kind of find. I I saw the thing I thought was interesting that there's 236 deaths shown in this movie. Yes. And 118 of them are characters that Christian Bale kills. Yes. Which I thought was a staggering fact. Um, and, and there was some talk about whether or not the whole fight between him and uh, Tay Diggs and that last scene was like, was it originally supposed to be longer? Is it kind of like Indiana Jones and the Razor of the Lost Ark thing where like they end up just like cutting it down right. because Tay Diggs wasn't available to film. And some people are like, yeah, that, that like wasn't even him. It was a stunt double. So that that's kind of curious because you would think, I don't know. Part of me is like, yeah, you would think there'd be a bigger showdown between the two but also like i'm like is it just to accentuate that's like christian bale is just that much of a badass in this movie that he's actually that much better than tay diggs it wasn't even close to their skill level yeah I, I think it works i think honestly they couldn't have gone wrong either way like had they had the extended fight it would have been fine if they did the you know what they did in the movie here i think it works well i think that does work well either way to close their kind of conflict right um anything else specifically you want to mention or do you want to get into uh Ratings on this. No, I think we're good. I think we can go right to ratings. All right, let's do it. All right. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. Okay. Um, I like this movie. You know, I got to be honest. I really like this movie. I thought it was entertaining. I thought the action sequences were cool and kind of different from things you see. I like 
the performances in it. Obviously, Christian Bale is great. Um, I, I thought the idea was interesting. Obviously, there's a, maybe some problems, like you said, with the execution on it. But but overall, this movie is not what I was expecting it to be. And it, it was an enjoyable watch. I could see myself watching it again. Uh, and I would say if it's not something you've seen, it's definitely worth seek, seeking out. I mean, it's just on HBO Max, so it's not hard to find. It's not super long. Uh, I'm going to give this movie... I'm kind of torn... But I think I'm going to go, because it's good but not great, I think I'm going to give it three machine guns. Okay. You know, you know, and, and you're you're right. I was, I'm being very nitpicky as far as, um, as far as the, like, the effect of the drug on society and kind of how the characters would act in that position. Um, so, you know, that's just me being nitpicky. But, but overall, I yeah. think you're right. The action's very good. The acting is really good. Like, I'm, I I am very very impressed with all the acting in it. Um, I think it's it's a as far as a movie being directed goes, it's it's a finely directed movie. I don't think he does a bad job at all. Um, no, and uh, you know, and and it's overall, it's a good classic Orwellian kind of, uh, you know, uh, 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 what sort of dystopian future movie. Um, I do think there are some things in it that are kind of derivative of other things. You know, I think sometimes it does borrow too heavily from 1984 and from, you know, Nazi Germany. Uh, and, and I get that's probably the point of it, but I think maybe it's a little too, too heavy handed with it. Um, but overall, I do enjoy the movie. I do think people should see it. Um, I will give it. I'll give it three machine guns because I know I'm being a little nitpicky with it. So, but I will <laughs> right. give it three machine guns. But, but yeah, I think we're in agreement on this. So if it's something you haven't seen, it's, it's definitely worth taking the time to watch it. If you're an action fan, cause it does have an interesting take and the actual action in it is very cool. Um, and I think it's worth, uh, taking the time to watch. So, yep. Uh, great. Uh, well, let's do some plugs. Uh, you can catch us. Did you want to say something? I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I just wanted to plug, uh, we're kind of, um, we're moving into the summer, and, and I will just say that we have some exciting things on the horizon for the summer as we kind of make our march to episode 200, which isn't that far away. So, like, stay tuned. In the coming weeks, we have some fun ideas that we're rolling out, and, yep. you know, stay with us until August when we get to uh, episode 200. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, also, we should mention that... Um, as of yesterday, uh, we just hit the four-year mark. So four years ago yesterday, Sphinx and I recorded the very first episode. Uh, so thank you to all the fans who have stuck around this long. Thank you to the new fans who have joined us along the way. Um, we really appreciate your support. Uh, and if you want to chat with us, if you want to talk about your favorite episodes, hit us up on Discord. Go to GameZillaMedia.com and arrow down to the bottom of the page and click on our Discord link and join us. Chat with us. Um, tell us what you think about this movie and uh, any other movie. Tell us what you think about your, our past episodes. What are your What are your favorites? You know, which episodes did you hate? Which episodes do you, do you think we need to redo? Because I got a couple. <laughs> oh, I got a couple that I really kind of want to redo. That That would be fun. We should do a month of like second chance movies where we watch some again. Yeah, that's a good that that's a great idea, actually. I I honestly, I really want to redo GI Joe the movie with a better group of people, aka (laughs) not Sphinx. Um, and just to, just to echo what you said, yeah, we appreciate all the support. I mean, we're on the Discord to see people. And it's kind of crazy to me. I mean, and we're not like the biggest podcast in the world, but we do this because we like sitting around talking about movies. Like, it's just something we would do if we weren't doing a podcast. Like, when we yeah. see each other in normal setting, we've been friends for 30-plus years, we talk about movies and stuff. So the fact that people like, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. The fact that this is a podcast that, there's people who are like, oh, I can't wait to listen to the new episode. It's kind of crazy, you know, and it's it, it's very, you know, humbling in a certain way. It's this sure. dumb thing. We sit around and talk about movies that, you know, like we get feedback from you guys and it's great. So, I mean, like, and that we're almost to 200 episodes is crazy to me. So, yeah, appreciate that, all the support. I'm, I really want to break uh, the Legend of Retro's uh, record. I, I really want to get more episodes than they have. I think they have. How many did? How many did they have? They ended up with 269 episodes. 
Oh, we could we could definitely do that. That's like it's another by, it's another like year and a half. Oh, we could definitely do that. Um, which, by the way, are we still feuding with the Legend of Retro? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're totally still feuding with them. We're still feuding. So, if you're listening, you don't listen. But if you listen, come out of retirement, cover the Hudson Hawk game for NES. We'll give you the airtime. We'll guest on the. Well, no, we don't want to guest on the episode, but. <laughs> Just cover the Hudson Hawk game. That's all we want. Stop yeah. being cowards. You know what? I'll 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 even if you edit the show, I will even post it for you. You know, I will even I'll do all the legwork. Just come on, just do it. Don't be wieners. That's all I ask. <laughs> but um but yeah, no, uh LPJ is right. If if you're a fan of the show and you're not on the Discord, you should definitely jump on there. We have our channel. There's a lot of fun stuff that goes on there. Um, just, you know, some stuff related to the pod, some stuff related to how much LBJ loves ET and, you know, just talking about, Uh -uh. (laughs) talking about movies or whatever. Yeah. Hey, listen, I get as just as many pictures of Quentin Tarantino sucking on feet as you do ET stuff. So I hate that shit. Oh God. (laughs) It's all gross. (laughs) It it is. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think you put it well and you know, we're on, we're on Twitter and facebook and instagram and all that stuff too so yep well anyway uh hey 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 joe thanks for sticking around as many episodes as you have i know (laughs) somewhere we should tell the story about when you're like hey fill in for sphinx for a couple episodes and i'm like okay and then you're like yeah just keep doing it yeah (laughs) that's essentially the story right there and i was like okay (laughs) and then like (laughs) since that point i think there's three episodes i haven't been on and one of them i was in the room i just wasn't on mic so yeah that's true that's true (laughs) there you go um but yeah no um hey i it was an episode with just the two of us that wasn't like 40 minutes so no but we're we're still at 106 right now by the time i edit it it's probably going to be about 110 oh well there you go good deal yep well anyway all right we good you got anything else you want to plug I, I only plugged our own podcast, so no, I don't have anything else to plug. Well, this is the right audience for that, so good job. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, oh yes, yes. Uh, one other thing I wanted to plug is I uh, it's on Paramount Plus now. Uh, the other night I watched Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It's good. And I like I liked it. I mean, I liked the first one a little bit more, but it's still good. I liked I really liked uh, Idris Elba in it as Knuckles. So yeah. uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out on Paramount Did Plus. You, they're making a third movie. And a Knuckles TV show. I just heard that. Is Idris Elba going to do the voice? I, I would imagine probably not, but um, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? He. I can't imagine he's lacking work right now. So, you know. Right. He's, he's but also, he, also, he could probably sit there on a weekend and like record all the lines and get paid a ton of money. But anyways, that's my plug. If you haven't seen that movie, check it out. Because, yeah, it's a kid's movie, but it's also fun and it's you can good. watch it without kids. It's really yeah. good. And Jim Carrey is not too Jim Carrey in it. No, I think this is the, it's the exact right amount of Jim Carrey. I agree. 100%. All right. Anyway, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But... We'll be back. <laughs>